Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I hate to be the one to have to break this to you, but if you had reservations for a table for two at that first weekend of indoor dining since last March... We cannot go ahead at this point in time. Despite good numbers on coronavirus in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, local officials are tapping the brakes on our phased reopening. And it's especially hurtful in the restaurant community. They were hoping to have had indoor seating starting this holiday weekend. I mean, this is, it's just heartbreaking, you know. In this edition of 880 In-Depth, not so fast. People need to be diligent. They need to be not deluding themselves into thinking that this is over because it really is not. I'm Tim Scheld from WCBS News Radio 880, and thank you for joining me for 880 In Depth. This is the weekly deep dive from the WCBS newsroom to give more context to a story or stories happening in our area. And there seems to be no bigger story here than the development of coronavirus hotspots in communities across America as we hit the July 4th holiday weekend. Dr. Irwin Redlener is the founding director of the National Center for Disaster Preparedness at Columbia University. And from where he sits, he's watching some troubling things across America. So what you have is a lot of people relaxing everything, going to bars, going to beaches, crowding together not wearing masks, and that is a powder keg. Our Peter Haskell got on the line with Dr. Redliner this week to talk about the pause in reopening and the idea of a local quarantine for visitors to our area from hotspot states. But first, New Jersey was ordered on pause on the reopening on limiting indoor dining just days before the July 4th holiday. And as you might imagine, it caught many off guard. We spoke to Mary Lou Halverson. She's the president of the New Jersey Restaurant and Hospitality Association. She called it heartbreaking that people who prepared to open this weekend and who even bought food and supplies now have to keep their doors shut. She spoke to our Peter Haskell. I've heard of situations people are putting that, you know, they were... Spending their own or using their own personal credit cards because they have no business revenue. Um, and so they're using their personal money and with no means to pay it back. I mean, this is, it's just heartbreaking, you know. 
and it's being done all because you know certainly there's there was a few bad actors and they should have just went after enforcement and enforced the executive orders and shut down those businesses that aren't doing things right uh, rather than shut down the whole industry. How challenging is that, though, to get towns or police or who does it? And how do you go to all these restaurants, especially in towns where there are a lot of them? Well, I mean, I think social media has become kind of the police of that. That's what he saw, and I believe that's what he reacted to, are the pictures he saw on social media. Uh, so whether it's the, the local police or the ABC, uh, if they, you know, if they have liquor licenses, I mean, you have enforcement agencies, and that's their job, is to go out and enforce. <clears throat> so certainly you can send them when you see situations like what we saw this weekend. Based on the, the number of these images that we've seen, is that practical? I, I don't even know if there's, I mean, there, I've seen maybe four different, five different places. So certainly, I mean... They're out there all the time prior to COVID, so I'm sure that they certainly have the capabilities, the state police, the local police, and the ADC to do that. We're not talking about an overwhelming number of um, people. We're talking about a handful of bad operators. The, the new guidelines would have allowed 25% capacity inside. Put this into perspective for us. How significant would that have been? Well, it's real significant for those businesses that don't have the ability to do outdoor dining, which is about 45, 40, 45% don't have the ability to do outdoor dining. So, you know, for them, it certainly is a big deal. Um, and it also allows when there's, you know, bad weather, like what we saw this weekend, it allows them to bring people inside and, um, and serve them. Looking at what the state going forward. What kind of guidance would you like to see to allow the most amount of restaurants to open in the safest manner? So obviously the guidelines that were set forth were a great start and if he's concerned about you know what he's seen then do things like um, you know allowing only eating and drinking when you're sitting down. Um, you know things like that will reduce the ability of people just kind of wandering around drinking. Did the governor overreact? I think so. I, I mean, I understand that he's concerned about the safety and health and welfare, but, you know, just based on, like I said, a few bad operators, you have enforcement tools. Use that before you go to drastic measures. The fact that this is the 4th of July weekend coming up, how, how significant is that? Well, and I'm sure that's probably what his concern was because it was 4th of July weekend. Uh, so I think he was concerned that there would be an overabundance of people here. Um, but in the same regard, you know, these small little restaurants that aren't doing anything wrong are depending on this weekend, and they've already prepared for it. I mean, so now they have brought all this food in. I can't, I can't discount that enough, that how much money now these guys have all just spent preparing their restaurants to open. How much of it is also just the, the psychological setback that they thought they were going to be there and then all of a sudden they're not? Mm-hmm. I mean, these people who have, you know, they're losing their homes, you know, and, and we understand that obviously public safety is important, but these people are, are providing, trying to provide for their families. They're employing people. They're losing 
their homes. They're losing their businesses. You know, that is important, too. With all of this said, how does this change the picture going forward and the viability of restaurants in the state? Well, you know, before this, uh, you know, mid-June, it was anticipated that about 20, 23% of restaurants were not going to come back that had closed. With this, it's just now that will just escalate the number tremendously. economic impact is not lost on Dr. Irwin Redletter. He's been a steady resource for us here at 880 In-Depth these past few months. He's the founding director of the National Center for Disaster Preparedness at Columbia University. And truth be told, he also helps counsel some governments on their big decisions about reopening. He sat with our Peter Haskell to assess where we are in the COVID-19 fight halfway through the year 2020. Well, on April 27th, uh, we issued a report from my center in which I warned that the states were planning to reopen far too early, far too soon, uh, acknowledging the pressure to get the economy going and get people out and about again. Uh, it was not safe then, and it is not safe now in many places around the country to be going out and about and that's been you know it's creating a huge problem and i'm not surprised that uh states are hitting the pause button or uh you know reversing some of the uh policies that they had uh had been proposing so uh i think we're we're getting exactly what we anticipated what is it that concerns you the most what concerns me the most is that we're nowhere near the end of the so-called first uh, phase, first wave of this uh, uh, pandemic in, as it manifests in the United States. And we see a shifting around of the hotspots from uh, not all that long ago when we had uh, New York and the metropolitan area really unbelievably uh, in danger with uh, overwhelming uh, pressures on the hospital system and so on. Uh, that is is now, of course, jumping to the Sun Belt and places like Arizona and Texas, where there are uh, massive outbreaks now. So this is also exactly what is expected in the pandemic, that it's in one place as an epicenter, and then that slows down and it gets to another place. And uh, the more we uh, give a message out that we're sort of getting back to normal because we're starting to reopen, uh, the more difficult it gets to uh, control it. With that said, is the virus any worse? Is the virus different, or is it just a matter of bad habits? Well, the the virus is capable of mutating, of course, like any virus. But I don't think that's what's going on now. What we what's going on is that we've had too uh, rapid of a relaxation of the public health rules that we needed to be following, and. The most dramatic example of that is, of course, the fact that so many people are refusing uh, to wear uh, face masks. In some ways, that's become symbolic of defiance and political partisanship, which is very unfortunate. I mean, uh, we don't have a medication to treat it. We don't have a vaccine to prevent it. Uh, All we have are the basic tools of public health, which include wearing masks, uh, physical and social separation, and contact tracing. 
and none of those are where there should where there should be where they should be. So we're ending up with uh, some very uh, difficult new hot spots popping up around the country. You have people in our area who were effectively locked down for a couple of months and obviously they're tired of being cooped up. How do you convince people, hey, sorry, you got to, you know, back it down a notch and stay inside again? Can you do that? Well, I, I think the governors and the mayors are in a very, very difficult situation. Because they, as far as I'm concerned, jumped the gun with reopening. And uh, that message was taken, as I was saying, as, uh, oh, we must be getting back to normal. And then you have this situation exacerbated by the president who refuses to wear a mask or say definitively people should wear a mask. So what you have is a lot of people relaxing everything, going to bars, going to beaches, crowding together, not wearing masks. And that is a powder keg. And... uh, that's that's what we're dealing with right now. It's very unfortunate, but uh, people have to understand that if we're going to control the spread, we're going to have to follow the rules. Uh, as much as we want to get you know, out of the lockdown and into normal life, we must follow these public health rules or we're not going to see the end of this for even longer than we currently think. What would you suggest right now? Do you want to see things dialed back further? And if so, how much further? It depends. If I was in Arizona, uh, if I was in you know Houston, Texas, uh, if I was in places in the Carolinas or Florida, I would be a very, uh, I would very strictly and aggressively dial back. Other places, uh, maybe in New York, New Jersey, need to go on pause. In other words, not keep moving from phase to phase until we have better contact tracing and uh, more general control. So it's, this is going to be uh, not um, a, a one decision that's going to apply to the entire country. It's going to have to be uh, very carefully assessed in, in every location. But the more relaxed we are about the public health controls, the more likely it is that we're going to see a, um, you know, uh, a resurgence. But you understand that people are just tired of this. They've had enough. I understand that people are tired of this. Of this. The Redlander family is pretty darn tired of it also. We all are. Uh, it's exhausting. It's, it's depressing. It's uh, very confining. These are experiences that none of us have had before, and I'm very sympathetic to it personally as well as to the public health, matter of public health policy. But... This is really, it's a decision that has to be made. We have a crisis. We have a, uh, a pandemic, the likes of which we haven't seen in uh, more than 100 years. And, you know, people have gone through much worse than we're experiencing now. You think of the people in Europe in World War II, or the people during the Great Depression here, or the Dust Bowl, where these crises persisted for very, very long periods of time. We're talking about years of hardship. And unfortunately, you know, we, we'd like it to be over, and uh, we'd like to get our businesses open. We'd like to get local economies bustling again. But, you know, right now, it's not necessarily safe. So we're making a choice between, yeah, we're, we're tired of it, we don't want to be cooped up, we don't want to be restricted, uh, but then we have to accept the fact that if we don't do those things, uh, we'll be encouraging 
new and significant surges in the disease. We hear that uh, in New York and in New Jersey, they want to keep people out of restaurants. They said they were going to open them. They want to keep them out. Is that a good idea? Uh, I think the, the probably the worst locations that get to be gathering now are inside bars, and restaurants are a close second. And if you don't, if you don't know whether the kitchen staff and the servers are actually negative today, I don't see how you could view that as something that's safe to do. So I have long objected to uh, early opening of bars and restaurants. We've heard the governors of, of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut talk about a 14-day quarantine from people coming from states with high infection rates. Is that a good idea? And would you like to see something stronger? Well, you know, a, uh, you're talking about a quarantine people are coming, let's say, from Arizona. Correct, like, correct. Uh, um, it, it's not clear whether that's a good idea or not, frankly. I, I think, uh, first of all, it would be extremely hard to reinforce. So what you'd be able to do, I guess, is uh, use uh, check license plates. So if a license plate is from a state with a high infection rate, you might want to not have those people come in or have them quarantine for two weeks. Uh, on the other hand, a lot of people can come in and, you know, they come in, in other ways where they can, you know, they could have driven their New York license plate car to Arizona and been there for six weeks and now are just returning. So on paper, it may be a good idea. In practice, I think it's very complicated and very difficult to implement. With increased uh, illnesses, we see higher rates of hospitalizations. New York was, the New York area was really crushed in the early going, yep. March, April. What concerns do you have about a repeat of that where the hospitals just get overwhelmed? New York and the metro area were um, the, represented the epicenter globally of this, uh, of the COVID-19 and the hospitals were filled up. The hospitals were overwhelmed. Uh, could that happen again? It could. Um, it depends on how many people are still vulnerable. I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, we've only tested a, a relatively small percentage of people, and uh, we have a general idea. But there's still plenty of people who are very susceptible. So, could we have another situation that uh, involved a huge rush on the hospitals again? It's possible. And it could be a younger age group, but it's certainly not out of the question. This is the 4th of July weekend coming up. People, they socialize, they have backyard barbecues, they go to beaches and lakes and campgrounds and the like. What concerns do you have about a weekend like this, and what do you tell folks? Well, if it's an outside event and you're separating from others, uh, you know, you could make a case as long as you've not been having illness or whatever it'd be better if you knew whether you were uh positive or negative and whether you had antibodies but uh in the meantime i would still highly recommend wearing masks and sustaining uh social uh, distancing people need to be diligent yes people need to be diligent they need to be not deluding themselves into thinking that 
this is over because it really is not. Uh, and uh, you know, and even if even if it was waning right now, uh, almost everybody thinks there's going to be a second wave and maybe a third wave. Uh, you know, as the months grow, you know, go on. So, as much as we all want this to be over, not so fast. Our thanks to Dr. Erwin Redlander and our Peter Haskell for his thoughtful conversations contributing to this show. 880 In-Depth is a production of WCBS News Radio 880. Its executive producers are Peter Haskell and myself, Tim Schell. We call this 880 In-Depth. It's a weekly podcast. We work hard to give you more context on important stories, and we're here every week. You can be, too. Just subscribe and listen to us on your time. Go back to listen to some old podcasts as well. Just download them or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and search for 880 In-Depth. Have a good week and be safe. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.